0: I think it's something that you know if we want to toss around the word sports performance as opposed to strength and conditioning you know if i want to sit on my high horse and say no i'm not just strength and conditioning i'm a sports performance specialist great then i need to know every single thing associated with sports performance because that's what i'm that's the title i'm giving myself and that includes psychology not just sports psychology general psychology. <laughs> Addiction psychology—I mean everything, right? So whether,
1: whether whether you like whether you like it or not, you are having a psychological impact on every on every player. Correct. So you know you better. And I think that, I think you brought
0: it up. You brought up a great point, Fergus. Is is um, those who will have the most psychological impact on the players are the ones with which they're most integrated, and that happens to be the strength coach more than anybody else, just by nature of the job. Now, I'm not saying every strength coach needs to be a, a PhD in psychology, but we, we probably need to pull our weight to learn a little bit more about human behavior. Um, and to the other point of, of what Fernando was saying is that if they're going to uh, employ a sports psychologist who is going to be a salaried position and involved uh... with the players, then it's my opinion that to do it properly, they need to be integrated into the team, and so like they, they don't just have they don't just get to sit in their offices and say, office and say come see me, you know that's just that's so lacking in context. It makes me want to throw up. Like no, listen, but if you- but, but,
1: but also th- think think about it as well. You can have a far greater force multiplier effect as a psychologist working with coaches can go forward. Agree. You can deal with with the particularly challenging issues, as opposed to like you said, sitting in your room waiting for someone to knock on your door. You know, with blood on their hands and an axe in their you know in their bag. Like I mean, it's a bit late then.
0: <laughs> well, exactly right. But let let's say that somebody is employed and they're being pitched as, "Hey, we have the sports psychologist because it's we want to check a box so we want to you know cover our behinds or whatever, however you want to think of it." Um, well, in my opinion, then that person needs to be encouraged to be around. Like I need to, I need to see the players when they're eating meals. I need to see the players when they're training in the weight room. I need to see the players when they're, when they're training on the field, I need to be present for these guys or these girls all the time. Like, I just have to be around. They need to look at me as, okay, that's, that's the person. And, and I've seen it before where they have a sports psychologist, quote unquote, uh, on staff who sees the players way less than the team chaplain because the team chaplain's around you know? <laughs> and and so it, it's whether it's psychology versus religion that argument I'm not going to get into that but it's one of these things where it's like the the chaplain's around he's he's at every, he's he's going to every game he's he's talking before games he's around the players he's constantly just getting a pulse of what these guys are going to so who's going to be there main driver of who they're going to go to it's probably going to be the chaplain versus the psychologist because the psychologist just sits in the office says come see me i'll give you a profile of mood states and we'll figure out where you're at and i'll show you your results and we'll do this and that and it's like well no i think like the, to me the perfect uh mm-hmm. sports psychologist to your point fergus is somebody who was a was a was a former coach former player somebody who just understands the game and specifically in that game with which they're involved it's not, I just study, generally speaking sports psychology and I push up my glasses and I talk about these, these psychological concepts. No, it's somebody who's integrated and well, just familiarized with everything that goes into the game. And if you, if they were a former player, it's great because they've, especially if they've been at the highest level, they understand what these guys are going through and they can talk from that experience. And uh, I just think that, that that's beneficial. But I agree with what you're saying, Fergus, that if if it's somebody who can lend a voice to those who are most impacting the players just by default, whether it's the head coach or the strength coach or whoever else, that mm-hmm. might be the most optimal way to do it as well. But I think, think about now with, with how the changing dynamics, so I don't know how it is for you, Lima, in college football at, at your level, but being in the power five level now with, with NIL and some of these other things coming out just to give an example of the stress of what's going on with NIL forget about like the parental influence of oh, you need to go you know make 500,000 a season for your family and things like that forget about the stress of that think about the fact of there's a website maybe multiple websites i know there's at least one where if i'm a power 5 college football player i can type my name in there and it will tell me my annual worth in dollars wow. for what i contribute <laughs> To the game of college football you know and it goes from fifty thousand dollars or less to over two million dollars is my annual net worth so these guys are looking at this like well is that's one for, my is it one for strength coaches what's that is it one for strength coaches i need to start a collective <laughs> work, but if <but> i <laughs> started
1: <laughs> the number's gonna be way lower, <laughs> so much,
0: lower. but, but th- I'll, think I'll... about the stress of that though like it's just you have the same guy like I could be on the same team as, as you guys. And I'm looking at my number against your number. Now it's like, man, like there's just so many things that are impacting the the psychology of the athletes that even in recruiting now it's got, it's no longer about like, is this the right fit for me? Is this the right school for me? Is this what I want to do academically? You know, all of these things that was in the past now it's like, yeah, this seems like a good fit. How much can you pay? You know, it's just, it's it's not about what it was in the past it's a whole changing dynamic and so to the, the common theme of remaining remaining uh, adaptable agile just understanding these things if you if we can do more research into understanding just how humans operate in general we can funnel it to specific individuals from there i think that's the people who do that the best they understand the adaptability associated with a changing human behavioral component, they're going to stay ahead of everybody else. And that's the stuff that is, is tricky to learn, but I think it's, it's necessary for all of us to get an understanding of just how people operate in general.
1: Yeah. I think, um, you know, regardless of the sport, the level, the country, the culture, and you know, stating that the person that would be taking that role knows what they're doing. I think the key component to any role like that is trust, whether you trust the person because he used to play the sport, because he shows up, you know, like showing up is half of the battle, but with no trust, there will be no sports psychology, right? It's not about getting uh, the visualization technique and the breathing technique and the and the title and the anything no it, it's true I'm not saying those things don't work they I've definitely like you well, work for some people, for some, some people yeah. the, the next thing you've got a guy doing you know breathing work journaling meditation visualization <laughs> like now you've added more things to it and I agree with Kat I think you know I think you want somebody who understands uh, what the player is facing and you can't, like, you mean you can look to a former player, you can look to a veteran, you can look to somebody who has excelled in another sport. I, um, hired two, uh, I guess, mental performance coaches. I wouldn't call them psychologists, but I remember the two things I told them was I've got two, two rules. One, do not tell, do not talk to the player about their game. Like don't coach them on the game. You can tell them if they've got an issue around stress or anxiety, give them an example from when you played, but don't, don't coach them. That's the coach's job. So don't, don't blur that line. And the second thing is uh, at practice, do not stand beside a coach. You can stand anywhere you want. Just do not stand beside a coach because sure as heck, if I've gone, if I've been having coffee with the guy over breakfast, telling him about something I'm going through and I go out to practice and I see him standing beside the head coach, it doesn't matter what he says i'm still thinking he's talking to the head coach about what we just spoke about but and that comes back to that trust build that trust and be uh sometimes as well um there's a famous story about uh abraham lincoln uh during the emancipation it was around christmas time he was you know the the newspapers some of the newspapers were saying oh you you know you have to free the slaves some of them are saying oh you shouldn't um so he called a friend of his Uh, from Springfield, Illinois who came over to the White House and they sat in the White House all day, sat around the fire. And all Lincoln did was read the newspaper articles. He would read letters. And uh, as his friend, his old friend was heading back in the carriage, he realized that through the whole day, Lincoln never asked him for his opinion. And the, the moral of the story is sometimes players just want someone to listen to them and not judge. Sometimes that's all that that person's gonna do. And that can be invaluable because coaches are, can be so busy with everything that's going on. Sometimes it's hard for the sports coach or even the strength coach to make that time. So having a resource like that that players can hang out with, have a laugh and speak to is, is invaluable.
2: I mean, I would throw <laughs> my two cents in there that I think it's not just the sports psychologist. It's all of them. It's, you know, I've heard about a nutritionist from one of my colleagues where he had her come and talk to the team every Monday. Cause he was like, listen, how good would our athletes be if, you know, practice or weightlifting was optional. And I was like, Oh, obviously not good. He goes, well, that's how it is with nutrition here. He's like, obviously it's not like they're on their own and it's not Kara Allard. He's like, so I'm going to put it at the end of the lifting on this day where the nutritionist is going to come down and we're going to schedule these talks. And it was the same premise that everybody's talking about now, like just to be around and just to build that relationship and force that. Um, So I think it matters, you know, again, for, for all of us, whether it's athletic training, whether it's the strength and conditioning coach cam, that was hilarious talking about the, sports performance of the title because it has gotten outrageous. Um, but you could even say, Oh, with the, with the sport coaches, right? Cause if a sport coach isn't around after practice, cause they are just simply watching film um, it, it's not going to matter. So yeah, you just have to be around. And it made me think of a book. I don't know if any of you guys have read it before. I think it was called the like switch L I K E not light, but like mm-hmm. And the whole point of like getting people to like you by just being around and you're not always as a strength coach, you're not just around giving them news about strength and conditioning or so-and-so with like, no, you're just around and they're used to seeing you and you're not just delivering bad news. <laughs> you're just around and you're a part of the organization and you're there. And, you know, hearing you guys talk about being willing to just watch film and just be around them and be a voice like, or excuse me, an ear to listen, because if you want to be interesting, right, you need to be interested in the other person, right? And and, and that what I've been working on myself and trying to to learn too.
0: Something else, just real quick in relation to uh, a global team psychology that I find really fascinating, and it it ties perfectly into not only being present, being around, being integrated, but also just listening without even saying anything, just paying attention um, and hearing what's going on around the team is I read a paper, I can't remember, how they studied it or what the mechanisms or methods were associated with the paper, but it was a psychological based paper in relation to team, uh, team dynamics. And essentially what, what they concluded was that those who had the most impact on the team psychology, it wasn't the head coach, nor was it the team captains, but it was all of the murmurs around the locker room. All of the people who just, they, they have these little murmurs, these little opinions and things, and, and those, where, which way are those swaying? Are they primarily negative? Because at that point, it doesn't even matter what the head coach says or the team captain. If they can't change the murmurs to be positive and in line with where the team wants to go, it's not going to get there. And so it's, it's all of the little murmurs of the people that are not leaders that actually impact the, the global psychology of, of the team. And I thought that that was really fascinating because if you were somebody who was in a leadership position and you just brought in other leaders, like, Hey, I'm going to bring in, you know, I'm a head coach. I'm going to bring in my offensive coordinator and say, Hey, you know, how's the offense <laughs> doing? Oh, my scheme looks great. Everything's looking good here whatever. Okay. I'm going to bring in my quarterback who's a team leader, team captain, How? how's the team doing? What's the opinion of, of you and all of that. And so a lot of times these guys who are, who are players, who are leaders are, are so,